today I'd like to look at this map here with you. It's about the eight biggest language families in the world. Here on the left hand side we have some information on what a language family is. It says 3 billion people today speak an Indo-European language that makes it the biggest language family of the world and German belongs to this family too. Additionally, it includes the North Germanic languages such as Danish, Norwegian, Swedish, Icelandic and the language of the Faroe Islands. So, this entire region of It says, when different groups of people started geographically move away from one another, they developed their own tribal languages. These, however, still have similar characteristics and are based on the same principles. And that's what you would call a language family. Meaning, you have multiple languages that have a similar sound, structured in a similar way and are spoken in specific locations which well that's obvious if they aren't spoken they're dead languages so we would have these Germanic languages here and is said it includes German Danish, Norwegian, Swedish, oh, I think the Faroe Islands would be here, and Icelandic then, somewhere up here. However, the Germanic languages are part of a bigger language family, and that's actually what we want to look at here. They would be part of Indo-European or in German, it's often still called Indo-Germanic. So, this language family also includes the Celtic languages, the Italic languages, the Baltic and Slavic ones. Here we have Albanian, Greek, Armenian, and here on the eastern side, we have two more big branches, Iranian and Indian. So, the theory is that long, long time ago, probably around 3500 BC, the historic Indo-Europeans left somewhere around here the Pontic Caspian steppe near the Black Sea and from here they split up into different groups some moved west some moved east and their languages over time slowly started to change and developed into all these different languages all in all today, there are almost 450 languages classified 
as Indo-European and altogether there are 3 billion people that speak an Indo-European language that of course also has to do with colonialism the Americas um, a home to Indo-European languages today large parts of Africa Australia also here in Asia so they've become uh, different lingua francas of the world some of these languages that are spoken everywhere are English Russian Spanish and Portuguese of course French but then some of the largest families also found here in these two groups the Indian branch for example has um, Hindi and Urdu as well as Bengali and Punjabi which all have more than 100 million speakers and these two branches account for half of the Indo-European speakers 1.5 million so that's quite impressive and today maybe the similarities aren't always obvious but um, historically when people still used a lot of Latin and Greek they noticed these similarities to Sanskrit and that's how over time the theory of this large language family was born and today I think Indo-European is probably um, one of the most comprehensively researched language families you'll find tons of information if you have a look around even a reconstructed proto-Indo-European language so we have an idea what it sounded like back when it was spoken by a small tribe here near the Black Sea Alright, but let's look on to the next one Here we have the Turkic language family This one's a bit smaller It has only about a tenth of the number of languages, something like 35 and about 200 million speakers and most of them can be found in this branch here in the August branch it includes Turkish which accounts for 40% of all Turkic speakers so this is by far the biggest branch of this family and maybe the design of this map isn't ideal because if we compare it to Argo right here next to the Ogos branch I looked it up because I'd never heard of Argo and it says that today this is one language called the Kalai I think it's pronounced which is spoken in about 50 villages and about 50 years ago there were 20,000 speakers so that's a really really small branch of the language especially compared to 
vocals in standard Turkish but of course based on this map here you would not be able to tell many of the Turkic languages are spoken here in this area in Central Asia and a number of them are actually quite closely related especially in this branch here Kipchak which would include for example Kyrgyz or Kazakh you would probably be able to understand either of these languages if you spoke one of them then you also have some Turkic languages all the way here in the north in Siberia so they are present in Russia too as well as somewhere in this area here in Tuva for example which is one of the Russian republics there are some famous throat singing bands from there um, so that's how I know about that language and they're even spoken in parts of China for example by the Uyghurs so quite a large family and historically um, there have been some theories that Turkic might be related to Mongolian maybe even to Japanese or Korean but those theories have not been proven there would have been the Altai family there are also other theories they might be related to the oral languages like Finnish or Hungarian because they share some grammatical features but that too has not been established so for now the Turkic family stands on its own right then let's move on here this big red circle is Sino-Tibetian with only two branches this would be Sinitic uh, and here the smaller one would be Tibeto-Burman so this includes Tibetan with 6 million speakers and Burmese with 33 million quite small compared to Sinitic which includes all of the Chinese languages with 1.3 billion speakers so this little circle here includes 95% of the entire language family I'm also not sure that this shouldn't be the other way around but I'm not going to question it that's how the book was designed so quite a large area with a great number of speakers however um, other than with the Indo-European languages we don't have a reconstructed um, proto-Sino-Tibetan language and because we don't have that language we're also not quite sure where the language originated there are some theories that it might come from the Tibetan plateau from sometime around 4000 BC but 
other theories suggest that it comes from northern India from 7000 BC, so that would make it a really, really old language It's quite fascinating how long these languages have been around And of course, within the Sinitic branch you have a really big variety of different languages that in the West we often just know as Chinese, but um, there's a little more to that than just one Chinese language Right Let's move on further east Here we have Japonic which includes only 12 languages but they're spoken by 130 million speakers across these islands they include two branches Japanese which makes up the largest part of the family and the Ryuku languages, I hope I'm pronouncing this somewhat correctly There are a number of languages here that belong to this family all spoken in the southern islands of Japan They're native to this region and the speakers vary from 100,000 to just 400 speakers for the smallest language so um, a number of them are classified as endangered six of them in fact because there are so few native speakers and historically they've often been classified as Japanese dialects but they are in fact quite far removed from Japanese and interestingly also from one another so if you speak one of these Ryukyu languages would not be able to understand the other ones so they're not just dialects of each other they really are separate languages oh, of course sometimes it's not quite easy to tell what is a language and what's a dialect and that's quite noticeable with our next language which is Austronesian Austronesian counts as the second biggest language family in the world based on the number of languages included which is 1200 Now, what's really interesting is that um, we only have two branches here the Formosa languages and here the Malayo Polynesian languages and all of these language families that belong to Austronesian are located here in Taiwan all except for one which is Malayo Polynesian so you have this huge diversity here in Taiwan which is also called Formosa hence Formosa languages and the theory is that that's why the entire language family originates from this area usually the area where you have the biggest linguistic diversity is also 
where the language comes from. It probably crossed over from what today would be China, something like 4,000 years ago, but it might have been even earlier. And then later, people started to leave their island towards the south, in the west, they would settle here on these many, many islands where you have languages like Malay or Tagalog that are included in this family. They went all the way over here to Madagascar, in front of the African coast. So you would have an Austronesian language over here. They arrived here probably around 580. They also went this direction up here of our map towards Hawaii, where they arrived something like 980. And down here where we see just a tiny little corner of New Zealand. So the Maori language is also included in this family and they arrived here around 1280, so 800 years ago. Austronesian is a made-up term which just means southern islands. It was invented to classify all of these languages together. And with 380 million speakers, it's the fifth largest language family in the world. Again, in terms of speakers, in terms of languages, it's the second largest, but of course, that depends a little bit on what you would classify as a dialect and what you would classify as a language. Now, Let's go back west, back here towards India, because we have another big language family here, Dravidian. This one includes 80 languages with 250 million speakers. You can see it's divided into three branches, southern, central, and northern. And interestingly, here in between, you would have the Indo-European languages. So the southern and central are separated from the northern parts of the language. In fact, the Northern Dravidian languages aren't even located in India anymore. They're a little bit further north. The theory is that long, long time ago, the entire Indian subcontinent was home to these Dravidian families. And later, the Indo-Europeans moved in from the north and pushed the Dravidian families to the south. 
but they've been in close contact for so long that they've taken on features from one another. So already in Sanskrit you can find a lot of Dravidian words and the Dravidian languages took on a lot of these structures of the Indo-European language families that came in. Alright, then here we have the Afro-Asiatic languages. Sometimes they're also called Semitic languages. Basically means the same thing. They include 300 languages and 500 million speakers. Most of them included in this branch here, the Semitic branch. Now you probably know the languages that are included in this Semitic branch for one. Arabic by far biggest language in this family with over 300 million speakers but Semitic also includes Hebrew and Aramaic which is an ancient language that was spoken in large parts of this area historically another famous historic language is included here ancient Egyptian language. Sounds well have been spoken in a larger area, not just in this corner. Of course, in Egypt today, people speak Arabic, so a language of a related branch. But the ancient Egyptian language does still exist in the form of Coptic, which is used in the Coptic church. It's not really uh, a language for everyday use anymore so I don't think there are people who actually speak it in their day-to-day lives but it is still in use in certain circumstances Right, then down here we have the Cushitic family which was spoken the Horn of Africa. It includes, for example, the Somali language. And this one is also really, really old. So probably at least 5,000 years, but it says it might date back to the early Holocene, so that will make it something like 10,000 years old, which is really, really amazing. Of course, it would have changed quite substantially in that time frame. And there are probably many, many different varieties. But nonetheless, they can't be traced back that far. Then, next to it, you have Omotic, which includes languages spoken in Ethiopia. Further north, you have Chadic, which includes Hausa, a language that is 
quite common here in this area is lingua franca so as a way to communicate with each other if you don't have any other language in common um, Wikipedia says that Chad Hausa is used in inland eastern West Africa so probably around here and then I also have the verbal languages you might remember those from a different video because they have their own alphabet and they are today used in official capacity in Morocco and Algeria Alright, and with that we have one language family left which is probably the most impressive one, it's the largest one here and that's the Niger-Congo language family it includes Dogon, Atlantic, Mande, Egypt, Volta-Congo and here we have Cordofanian Now, I've been trying to read up on this language family and I have a feeling that the information on the English Wikipedia articles and on the German articles are a little different in how they classify this language Basically, the German ones say, oh yeah, it's definitely an established language family Whereas the English ones say, well, it's a theory and uh, there are some holes in that theory I don't know, I'm not too familiar with any of these language families here But either way, it's quite interesting Basically, the Niger-Congo languages would include most of the languages here in Southern Africa all the way here, across the Atlantic coast they include more than 1,500 languages which makes it the biggest language family in the world and 500 million speakers which, relatively speaking, is not that many in comparison so you have a huge linguistic diversity with many small languages the biggest languages include, for example, Yoruba and Ibu which would be spoken in this area here, Nigeria each with 20 million speakers you would have Fula, a little further north um, about the same size you would have Shona in Zimbabwe Zulu in South Africa and Swahili, which is spoken in large parts of Southern Africa again as a lingua franca so a way to communicate with each other Swahili is spoken by probably about 80 million people now if we look at the language family itself the core of it would be this part here the Atlantic languages 
Now this one's pretty well established. It includes, for example, Roloff and Vula. And it has a very typical noun class system. Noun classes are similar to grammatical genders. So for example, if you learn German, you have to learn whether a word is der, die, or das. So masculine, feminine, or we would also have neuter in German. Um, noun classes are a little bit different in then they categorize their nouns based on different criteria. So they could be animate or inanimate objects. It could be people, animals, plants, and anything else. Um, in the south here, you have up to 20 different noun classes. Usually individual languages would only use up to 10, but there's a really big diversity in terms of how these um, classes are established. So basically, the Atlantic side of the language family uses these very specific noun classes. Now, the problem is, neither the Monday languages nor the Dogon languages use these classes and without these two families, the entire construct apparently becomes a bit wobbly. There are some theories that maybe these two families just split off pretty early on when the noun classes weren't established yet. Um, in some other article I also read it's possible that they got lost later, which of course could be. Just think of English, which does not use grammatical genders the way German or Russian does. So of course these are features that might have gotten lost. In itself, the Monday family is incredibly diverse, so this uh, huge diversity that you have in the Indo-European family, spread out over uh, half of two continents, you could also find here in just a small area of Africa. So, small language family with huge diversity. But the uh, languages that are included here definitely are connected with each other, so that's well established. With Dogon, like I said, it's also somewhat unclear. It is theorized to belong to the Niger-Congo languages. Um, it's also quite clear that the language was established in Mali and historically has been in Mali for a very long time. But it could be that it's also related to a different language family that you would be able to find here. It's a somewhat smaller one, so it's not included in this map. It would be the Nile-Saharan language family. But again, just a theory. The biggest part of the Niger-Congo family would be here, the Volta-Congo languages. They basically start here and then include all of the southern part of Africa. The most famous languages are probably the Bantu languages, which make up 350 million speakers. So a third of all African speakers speak Bantu. And again, really, really big diversity. 
it's something like 500 languages, but uh, the numbers range from 440 to 680, again, depending on what's a language and what's a dialect. So, we said earlier Swahili would be found in this area, this too would be a Bantu language. And in general, the Bantu languages, they do have these noun systems that we have in the Atlantic families, so uh, this is probably a bit easier to establish that these are related. But all in all, I think it really depends on um, what kind of authors you read, you know, telling you how sure that theory is, or how big the holes are, I don't really know. Okay, so let's go over it again. We started off with the Indo-Germanic family, where we have the Balto-Slavic branch, the Germanic branch, the Celtic families, Italic, Albanian, Greek and Armenian, Iranian and Indian. We have the Turkic languages with the Siberian branch, the large Oghuz branch, very small Argo We have Kipchak and Karaluk, and this one is Augurian. We have the Sino-Tibetan language family with the Semitic and the Tibeto-Burman languages. We have Japonic with only 12 languages in the family, Japanese and a number of small Ryukyu families. We have Austronesian, the second largest language family in terms of languages. All branches but one located in Formosa or Taiwan. And then the Malayo-Polynesian languages. Going all the way over here, including Maori and Hawaiian. We have the Dravidian languages of India. The Northern, Central and Southern branch, the Afro-Asiatic languages, the biggest branch being Semitic, very very small branch being the ancient Egyptian language with Coptic, and then one, two, three, four additional branches. And the largest family in the world in terms of included languages, Niger Congo. One, two, three, four, five, and six branches.
And then, of course, you would also have large and diverse families in the Americas. However, the indigenous languages often have a smaller number of speakers than the languages included here. Hence, they are on this map. Well, maybe we could have a look at that another time with a different book. for watching and I hope I'll see you again next time.